I think that once I started to realize, let go of that, who cares if they don't call you back? Just keep doing what you're doing and set out on your mission. Eventually, people are going to come to you and you can kind of set your own way. So I think that my biggest takeaway is realizing that I don't have to try to chase the dream. I just have to live it and I just have to be an example. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the She's So Real podcast. I'm your hostess, AJ Joyce, where we dive in each week to chat with multifaceted women in the film and entertainment industry who believe in diversity and inclusion through their work and the media. I'm a digital creator and a black girl nerd with a background in fun movie reviews, film enthusiasm, and girl power advocacy who's obsessed with creating a space for talented, badass women. Grab your drink and your popcorn because these ladies are the real deal. Hey, y'all, we got a wonderful guest today. With over two decades of experience in the music industry, Laura Monaco sees the business as an artist, songwriter, and music business insider. In her early career, she shared the stage with the artists such as, of course, Lady Gaga, Lana Del Rey, and more. Additionally, she is a certified music business professional and vocal style specialist from Berklee College of Music. Go ahead, girl. Her songwriting catalog contains 300 songs in various genres with placements on networks such as Keeping Up with the Kardashians, Chelsea Lately, America's Got Talent, The Hallmark Channel, Bad Girls Club, and more. When she transitioned into vocal coaching and entrepreneurship, Laura launched Emerging Talent Brands, which includes ET Studio Productions, a music production and publishing company specializing in songwriting, production, recording, mixing, vocal coaching, piano and guitar lessons, acting, and artist development. Woo, that was a mouthful. I know, she's got a lot, right? (laughs) As well as the most current launch, ET Labs, an integrative educational experience designed to further enhance each individual's learning capacity for kids. Today, we get the inside look at Laura's music business career, her advice when it comes to vocal coaching, ET brands, how music can heal, and more. Join in this awesome chat with Laura, another wonderful lady taking charge in the music biz. Let's get going. Ready to stop fighting the Instagram algorithm and start building your email list like me? I thought so. Meet my marketing secret weapon, Flowdesk. Whether if you're an entrepreneur, a content creator, or an artist, you can use Flowdesk to create campaigns in minutes that grow your business, gain more followers, and make passive money. I mean, like, who doesn't like making money in their sleep? Flowdesk gives you the ability to design emails with stunning templates people will actually love in their inbox and look great in any device. To stay on brand, Flowdesk gives you the creative freedom to use custom brand colors and fonts so you can be on top of your marketing game. The best part is you can have unlimited subscribers with no upgrade fees or penalties. Support this female-owned business by signing up today for 50% off your monthly subscription forever. Flowdesk. Email marketing just got a whole lot easier. All right, Laura, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Good. Welcome to the show. I'm too excited, man. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So we're going to get started. And I want to know, how did you get your music career started? So I started my career, I think the trajectory of my career has kind of changed over the years. I've always loved music. At a very young age, I was pulled towards music. My dad was a singer. He didn't really do it professionally, but he did sing in a little doo-wop group on the street corners of the Bronx. And I think just growing up listening to him singing doo-wop music, and he has a very kind of go-getter mindset, I think it just rubbed off on me. So it was definitely in, in my body and in my soul from a very young age. And I never had any fear of performing in front of anyone. I just felt like my voice needed to be heard. <laughs> no matter if I was good or not good, I was just like, listen to me, listen to me. (laughs) And, you know, some of my earliest memories, I'd raise my hand in, you know, fourth and fifth grade and say, can I get up and sing now? It's like in the middle of math class. They're like, no. I'm like, please, I'm begging you, just please. And my classmates are like, oh, here goes this Laura Monaco again, getting up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So for some reason, I just felt like I always wanted to 
stands out, you know? And, and it's funny because now in my life, it's kind of the opposite, which I, I guess we'll get to later, but I've just always had a passion for, for singing. I was always fascinated with performing and singing and, and being heard. And I felt like I had important things to say, whether I did or I didn't. I just felt like I did, you know, at the time. So my dad influenced me and then my parents enrolled me in vocal lessons at 11 years old. And then I've been trained in, in various different genres of music, opera, rock, jazz, R&B, singer-songwriter, country. I became fascinated with different vocal styles as I got, you know, as I got older and really started to dive in. I continued the training. I still train now, you know, with various different kind of teachers and opportunities. So vocal training and performance and songwriting has just become my life. And I feel like it's just always been very natural to me. Awesome. Did you yourself have a vocal coach as you were training? I did. I had many different vocal coaches. I had my earliest teacher when I was 11. I was an opera teacher and I'm not, nothing against opera. I love opera music. At 11 years old, you don't appreciate opera. <laughs> you, just, you just don't. I can definitely but, see that. <laughs> yeah. But I stayed with her for about three years. And, you know, looking back now that I'm a vocal coach, I appreciate that training because it's very technical and very kind of methodical. And you really have to be strategic about, you know, the moves and the sounds that you make. But my love, my true love is really pop and soul music. So I graduated from the opera world and just realized that that really wasn't what my calling was. And I started to train more with those, you know, with the soulful R&B style singers and, and rock and, you know, kind of branch out in more in different styles of music. As a young singer at that time, who did you look up to? Has it changed? It has definitely changed, but I mean, that's an easy answer for me. I loved Mariah Carey, young Mariah Carey. Oh, yeah. Loved Mariah, yeah. loved Whitney. Loved Celine Dion. Still love mm -hmm. Celine Dion. Celine Dion is like, to me, impeccable. I got to see her before the pandemic happened in February. Oh my God, I'm jealous. You know, it's funny because she's been on my bucket list of performers to see. And my husband got me boxy tickets <gasps> to go see her in February. It was like our anniversary present. And he's like, okay, we're going to see Celine Dion in like eight months. <laughs> I was like, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and then her whole entire tour got canceled after like yeah. I think she had maybe, yeah, one week and then the tour got canceled. Mm -hmm. So I'm so grateful I got to see her. So definitely young Mariah and Whitney Houston and Celine Dion for sure. As I've gotten older, Celine Dion is still my like vocal goddess because mm -hmm. she's legit a queen. She Nobody is. Nobody touches her. She's but amazing. I, re I really love pink. I love oh, pink. okay. Okay. I love pink. Pink is raw and real and she don't give no Fs about what anybody thinks about her. That's right. And she's she's honest and she always has something to say. She's an incredible performer. I've seen her a few times live. I just love everything that she does. I feel like she's, I always use the term with my artists. She's perfect example of being technically stylistic. So her technique is really good, but she also has this great style. Also, I'm a little jealous. She's got that natural rasp and I would chop off my left toe for that rasp. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had it. I don't. I'm like, dang, maybe I should start smoking or something. <laughs> it's like, I love it. One thing I love about Pink in particular is that, and a lot of people forget this, Pink started off as R&B. You know, she made that transition into rock. She started off in R&B. And, you know, the crazy part is, you know, when I sing the songs or I let someone know that, they're like, oh, no, that's not Pink. And I said, I have an album to prove to you. She had pink hair and everything. That's like, right. And that was a great album. I mean, oh, gosh, that was I so know. great. I love all levels of Pink. Yeah. Like her in concert and the acrobatic and also singing, you got to be really strong and fit for that. That is on a whole nother level. Absolutely. That's why I respect <laughs> it. Really. I've seen a lot of concerts live and, and honestly, nobody touches her really. She and Celine Dion are like, even Beyonce. I saw Beyonce live. She's a queen too. That's my queen there. That's I my mean, girl. She's a queen. She's, she's another one. I haven't seen her live, but I mean, she basically can do the same thing. You got to take the time to watch her. It's, it's amazing because someone who can dance that hard and still provide all those vocals, no offense to Celine and them, you know, they're, they're mainly singers and stuff, but Beyonce is a performer and yeah, you can, great. you can really feel her presence when she is on stage, but I'm a part of the beehive. So of course I'm going to say that. <laughs> no, but I, I love, I love Beyonce. I think you're a 
you're 100% accurate. And she's a vocal goddess. I mean, her voice is totally insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to do both. Well, I mean, you would know. I mean, I'm not in the whole vocal area like you are, but <laughs> you would know. Yes. <laughs> now, with all your lovely talents and accolades, you know, which title or talent comes easiest for you to do? It changes. I think naturally for me, it was probably singing and then it was performing and then it was songwriting. I think now it just depends on the day, honestly, because singing, you know, your voice is a muscle, right? So if my voice isn't warmed up or I'm up all night with my son, because that's what happens when you have a toddler, (laughs) my voice does not it's a little bit more of a struggle for me to, you know, hold my own when it comes to, to singing. I think just songwriting in itself is something that has definitely evolved. I was always a writer. I used to write in a journal as a child. I used to write poems. I had a poem published, I think, when I was in the third or the fourth grade. And I've always loved writing. I love reading. So that's probably where the writing you know, comes into play. I always, I didn't want to read the the books that school recommended I read, but I did want to read. (laughs) So I think it's just evolved, you know, over the years. Now I feel like I'm able to navigate around many different, you know, circumstances. I'm not by any means a hip hop artist, like writing a rap is is something that I'm totally fascinated with, but it's not something that I'm, I'm strong at, but I can write, you know, country, pop, jazz, R and B, I spend most of my days writing pop music. Probably, I'd say probably I'm writing about four to seven songs a week with students and clients. All right. You're going to write me a song? I need a new jingle. (laughs) I'll give you one. No problem. No problem. I need a new jingle. So I'm curious, when did you make that transition into creating emerging talents and, and the brands that accompany it? Yeah. So Emerging Talent Brands has just become something over the years. It's actually a really funny story. I think you'll appreciate it. You know, at first I was like, oh, it sounds like E.T. Phone Home. It sounds like E.T. <laughs> Alien. Like, I'm not really sure about this name. But long story short, I met my husband through a DJ company, which was called Entertainment Tonight. When I was younger, you know, I've always done music, but I, I had to pay the bills. I grew up in the Bronx. I didn't have a particularly wealthy family. And I had to kind of pave my way and still, you know, pay my own career for the, for the most part, my parents helped, but you know, we didn't have a lot. So I was working in a doctor's office and then I was doing my recording and my vocal lessons in the evenings and on the weekends. And then I would also sub for various wedding bands and DJ companies. I got hired as a sub for my husband's father's DJ company and I'll never forget it. It was like two and a half hours away from where I grew up. I'm like, oh, this better be worth it. <laughs> this better be a good gig. I'm not even getting paid enough money. I just got out of a bad relationship. I was like, this better be worth it. Right. I woke in. I was like, all right, cute boy behind the, the booth. Maybe this will be an okay night after all. Long story short, I find out he's a producer I tell him, you know, I'm a singer, I'm a recording artist, we should exchange numbers and work together and do music together. He tells me he lives in Staten Island. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know if this is going to work out. (laughs) It's really far from me. (laughs) Staten Island's like the forgotten land. We, I mean, we started dating basically immediately, but as our relationship progressed, I was like, wait a minute, you're like a successful recording engineer. And I have been teaching voice lessons in the Bronx and I really love helping and developing artists and kind of helping them strategize their career, this can be something. So when we were thinking about a name, we were like, how about ET since it's entertainment tonight? So how about like ET Studios? And I was like, ah, ET Studios. ET Studios, I think was taken somewhere like when we were checking out the trademark. So we just said ET Studio Productions. And I'm like, now people ask us what ET stands for. I'm not going to tell them entertainment tonight because that's just whack. I hate that. (laughs) And then as the company started to evolve, we started in a small apartment. And then it started to grow. I realized nothing like this was existing anywhere, really. What we were doing and what we've kind of learned, I think all of my mistakes and all of my husband's mistakes combined together, we were like, this is crazy. We had the same mission, the same heart, the same passion, and we put this this business together. I was teaching voice lessons. Once they reached a certain level, they would go to him and start recording their songs and or they would take guitar lessons. And it was just kind of this natural thing that just kind of evolved from us having that same energy and the same passion. As that happens, I'm like, you know, we're getting some really great emerging talent here. Like 
this is emerging talent. I was like, wait a minute. That's it. Emerging talent. Boom. <laughs> That's it. So hence why I really don't tell anybody that ET was really inspired by entertainment tonight, but it's a nice story because it's how we met, but we help talent emerge in nice. the world. So emerging talent. So everything that we do is emerging talent, studio productions, emerging talent labs, and then my third company, which is not launched yet. So everything, I'm just kind of keeping the ET ET theme just so that it makes sense for branding purposes. And I'm passionate about it too. I can feel the passion through your energy too, as you talk about it, you know, like now that you've rested me with this lovely story and how you and your husband make this, these brands together, how has it been so far? How do you feel now that, of course, that the ET Studio Productions is, has been launched in 2013 and then now you have ET Labs, you know, that's spectacular. We'll go even deeper in that, but I want to know, how does it feel? I'm very grateful. I wake up every morning and I just thank God for my blessings. And I'm, I'm very grateful that I'm able to do what I love every single day. You know, nothing comes without a challenge. And I think, you know, it definitely helps that I have a partner in this journey, you know, especially a partner that's my husband and someone that I love. It definitely comes with challenges though. I, I you know, it's not easy to own two businesses with your partner. It's I just bet. not. Because it's really hard to turn off the husband and, you know, we're husband and wife, but we're also business partners. And I would say probably 75% of the time we agree with a lot of the business decisions. And then the other 25%, we definitely have to just, it's like the best idea wins at that point, you know, but our overall journey, I think has definitely been something that we've grown together. So it feels nice to know that I believe though, and this is just, I come from this school of thinking you are only as big as your team. I would be lying if I said to you, just my husband and I did this. I mean, yes, we started it. We planted the seed. We prayed on it. We meditated on it. We brought it into life. We manifested it, however you want to call it. And that's great. But there's only so much you can grow. And as the company continues to grow, you realize, listen, I can't do everything. Especially, you know, and you know this too, like you just can't. Once it starts to, to snowball and really pick up, it's like, well, I want to do this. And I want, I'm just someone that always has big ideas. It's ever since I was a child, I have no idea where it came from, but I, I come from a chronically neurotic, always need something to worry about family. So it's been a battle for me because I, I'm always like, should I be worrying about this? And I'm like, oh, you're doing it again. You know, and I feel like we spend most of our life unlearning what we've learned growing up. And I think that. I've learned a lot and I've made a lot of mistakes. And the fact that we're now able to do it and make a difference in young artists and young creatives is really all I can ask for. And it's so important. It's so important. It's a beautiful outlet. Yeah. I mean, I can go on forever, but I'm super grateful. And, and I would be lying if I said it didn't come with challenges. My team is great. Really. I keep expanding and keep seeking other leaders and other uh, passionate mindsets to bring on board. I think that's awesome. And I'm going to circle back to the ET Studio Productions because that whole idea and I was all like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. You know, <laughs> you know, you are really working with developing artists and, and strategizing their way where they can move up in the ladder and also with their voices and what they want to deliver in their artistry. And I think that's amazing. And I'm curious, you know, what is the most important advice you give your art, especially when you're developing them for these big shows, you know, like American Idol or The Voice or The X Factor? Because we as an audience or as, ex as a spectator, you look on it and they're like, oh, they've been singing for life. They know what they're doing, you know. And I'm sure you, you know, as a head vocal coach and also being the overarching boss of seeing these artists develop, you see it from a completely different way. So I'm curious. I got to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try to give you a few answers to that because there's, I think that there's many layers. First of all, I think that being an artist means being a human, right? So a lot of times people are like, what does that mean? You know, there's a lot of fabrication. There's a lot of artists that come to me and I can kind of explain to you what the process is like, right? So that might actually help answer your question better. So an artist comes in and they say, okay, I want to learn how to sing. And we say, okay, they sing. The company has now kind of become an audition-based company where they get placed with the right teacher, but they would sing for me. I would give them their strengths and their weaknesses. Now, 
if their weaknesses are that they really just don't have the chops, then I will say, okay, I'm not, I never say to someone, I'm not a dream crusher. I'm just not, it's not who I am. So I'm not going to say, sorry, this isn't going to work for you, but I'm also about keeping it real. So when somebody starts singing and they say, I really want to be a singer, this is my passion, this is my dream, we start with the heart-to-heart conversation. So being vulnerable is what I want to really focus on here because I think that being vulnerable as a human being, again, I struggle with it every day and it took me a long time to accept this as an artist and really let go. But being vulnerable is something that not a very high percent of artists are able to do. They say that they, they can, but they just can't. And that's why when you say someone has the it factor, I I really truly believe it's because they've allowed themselves to be vulnerable. They've allowed themselves to be human. So I ask them, how big are your dreams? Okay. And then they're like, I'm not sure. And I'm like, okay, well, how can you get what you want if you don't ask for it, right? You have to ask for what you want. So let's kind of figure it out together. And if they, like I said, if they don't, if they don't have the, the vocal chops, I'll say, okay, well, there's so many other things you can do in the music business. You can be a producer, a manager, a musician, a backup vocalist, a songwriter. I mean, there's a plethora of options that many times artists don't even know are available for them. So we'll go over that. If they have a lot of potential, but I see that they need work, I kind of break it down and I say, look, we're not going to be singing for a long time. And all my teachers are trained this way. We're not going to be doing any singing. We have to retrain your muscle. We have to really talk about what your weaknesses are. How do we minimize your weaknesses and maximize your strengths? Then once we go through this process, that you know, the time is different for everyone, and they get their vocals to where I feel like they're really ready, then we start the development process, which is who are you? How do your peers see you? What's your mission in life? What type of music do you like? How can we stylize this? And how do we emote effectively? And how do we do it in a very believable way? I have a lot of young students come in, 14, 15, 16 years old, and they really haven't been through heartbreak, right? The way an an adult has been through heartbreak. So it's really hard when these children, it's actually funny. I had, I always tell the story. I had a student come in 14, I think amazing voice, just had a nat has a natural raspy voice that I'm like, Oh, I wish I had that voice. Right. (laughs) Natural rasp and go back to that rasp again. And she's like, I want to sing when we were young from Adele. And I'm like, Oh boy. Really? She's like, yeah, I just love it. I'm like, okay, well, why do you love it? I just love it. They're soulful. There's all these blues notes and her voice is great. She's got a big voice. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. And how can you relate to that song exactly? When you were right. young, like like when you were a fetus, you mean? Like when you were a fetus? <laughs> I'm confused. So I think song selection is something that I am really, really, really a stickler about. And then once they get to that point, we start writing songs, we start putting together the package and you know how they want to be seen in the in the media. And then they say, okay, now what? You know, and a lot of times I'll get students come in and they say, I want to audition for American Idol. I want to audition for The Voice. I want to audition for this. Now, I've had artists that have been on these shows. I've helped a lot of them navigate their way through the show. I just had a girl on this past season of American Idol, Julia Gargano. She was top seven. Mm-hmm. I saw that video. Yeah, that was pretty yeah, top notch. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, you know, I kind of helped her with her song selection throughout the show. Now, her situation is a little bit different. She started out with me as an intern. I knew her from performing with an artist that I was managing back at the time, Brielle Von Hugel, who we can talk about her as well. But Brielle was actually um, on American Idol two years ago before I met her. I met her as soon as she came off of American Idol. And I learned a lot about the process throughout this, like really what's happening behind the scenes on these TV shows. And I got really good at it. I got really good at saying, I'm not going to send you for an audition because I'm going to tell you right now that you're probably not going to get selected. And if they say, I just want to go for the experience, I say, okay, go wait on the line for hours and do that. But, but from doing this throughout the years, I had Jax, who was on a few years back. She was top three. She worked with us a lot. So I've had, you know, I've had a few artists that have been successful and gotten pretty far on these shows. And listen, I'm not knocking the shows. They're great. I got hired as a, a talent scout for America's Got Talent and American Idol that, you know, they call on me a lot throughout this process. But I'm very real. And I say, listen, you're putting yourself out there in the media. You have to allow yourself to be vulnerable. You have to know who you are as an artist. You have to be a people person. You have to learn how to collaborate, even with people that you don't want to collaborate with. Definitely. And you know, you may be perceived in a way that you may not want to be perceived. So are you willing to do all of that? 95% of the time they say yes, and they go through the process and it helps them grow. I think that these shows are a great platform 
to help them start to understand who they are, to help them get used to the rigorous, tiring, very like on point schedule that you have when you're in the music industry, in any entertainment industry, right? Because you have to, you're running on no sleep and basically have to get up and show face and, and do great, right? So it's a process. And, and the thing that I always tell the artist is just remember what you've learned and forget it at the same time. So they're always like, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't want you to sit and do your performance and just think about, am I hitting that note right? Like if you're doing a, hey, but you don't end the note right, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. If it's emotional, it's emotional. I'll take emotion over technique any day. Right. Any day. Right. I mean, don't be atrocious. But for the most part, it doesn't have to be. And I think that that's probably why opera for me wasn't something that really spoke to my soul. It, it was great to teach me the foundation. But to me, and again, I appreciate it. It's not knocking it. All opera singers sound very similar. You know, musical Someone theater, said it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm being honest. Musical theater singers, they all sound similar. When you think of pop music and soul, and they're all unique. They all sound different. And you're able to kind of play with different colors and different textures of your voice. And that's the aspects that I'm really fascinated in. So when an artist comes to me or a young student comes to me, I will basically say, look, I love that you have this natural rasp in your voice. I just want to make sure that you're doing it in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. So we're going to keep the rasp, but let's learn how to get supported breath in the process. And then once you're on the stage and once you're at your audition, just think about the emotion because your muscles will already remember the technical stuff that we spoke about. It'll already be in your body. So patience and awareness and emotion are so important in order to advance in this career. I have to remember those. Those those are top. Those are top advice, y'all. Laura just dropped some gems on us. So <laughs> take note of that. <laughs> well, I want to circle back because you said, and I'm I'm familiar with this studying to music business and also being in it from a catering perspective and dressing room perspective, but the music business is rigorous and can be disappointing at times. Also, there is this talk happening even more so now, and it was back in the day, but even more, where you have independent artists coming up and they're being very proactive on how they take care of themselves when it comes to their record labels, who they're dealing with, how they're promoting themselves, even on social media, through their albums, what they're saying, what they're associated with. I'm curious, and I would think it, you know, after what you've said before, do you guys do any coaching on preparing them for those kinds of things on if you do get that record label, these are the types of deals to expect, or these are the record execs that you should know, or these labels, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Is there any coaching for that? Because that can be really difficult to navigate, especially if you have no clue what you're doing. Absolutely. That's a great question. Yes. The answer is a big yes. Capital Y, yes. (laughs) So artist development is, that's kind of what artist development is, right? It's like, let's develop you as an artist. And then we are not a company that says, you know, we're going to throw you into the ocean, let the sharks bite you and then say, sayonara, see you later. Right. I've read many contracts in my life. I do not claim to be an entertainment attorney, but I've read many contracts in my life. I'm I'm familiar with the process. I have been behind the scenes and I have been on the scenes as an artist myself at a very young age. And then also, you know, managing an artist and just being, I have many music industry executive friends and just learning a lot about what's hip and what to expect. And, and, you know, it, it changes the music industry changes like underwear. I always say that it really does. And I'm not saying that the rules change so much because the rules are kind of the rules, right? But I always recommend, listen, the best education is experience 100%. You can read as many books as you want on the music industry. All You Need to Know About the Music Business by Don Passman is a book that I always recommend for artists to read. So any artists that are listening, get that book and read it. It's great to be familiar with the terminology and the lingo and, and kind of the verbiage and the conversations that may or may not happen in your journey. But definitely attending networking events, And collaborating with other like-minded artists is a huge thing. I always say, and this is something that I've done and I still still do, I believe in surrounding yourself with people that are 
just as experienced or more experienced than you. It's like having a conversation with the elderly, for example. I love sitting down and having a conversation, you know, with the elderly because they have so much wisdom. And I feel like I always walk away with it and learn. If you really listen, you will learn. So we are definitely a company that can help kind of navigate that. So if they get presented a contract or they get presented an opportunity and they say, Laura, what do you think about this? Does this seem legit? Does this seem like something I should pursue? I would say a lot of the times I'll have an answer, but there are times when I don't and I'll say, you know what? I'm not sure. There's, this is the first time this is coming up for me. Let me ask my resources and I'll get back to you. And usually we're able to kind of, you know, help navigate it. It's definitely challenging when an artist doesn't have a manager, but at the same time, I think it's really important. And I'm very, I'm very honest and very real with this, with my artists. I say, listen, I want you to learn your business. I know you want to be creative and make your music and sing. And that's really all you want to do. And I I get it. I really, truly do. Right. But I think it's important that you understand your business. And from a very young age, when I was doing this as an artist, I was kind of taught to sit back and listen before I spoke. And I didn't like it at the time. But now looking back, I'm so grateful that that happened because I became really good at understanding and kind of reading through the, you know, if somebody says they're not interested, they don't just say, sorry, we're not interested. You know, there's usually like the typical answers that people will say, you know, and, and I kind of try to keep the expectations realistic and keep everyone's spirit up. And that's why I love what we've created here because artists are able to come here and be free and really express themselves and who they are. And if they're told no, they have to understand there's going to be a million no's before you get that one yes. Mm-hmm. And you have to know the kind of yes that you want. For me, it changed. I thought that I wanted a record deal. I thought that I wanted to perform at Madison Square Garden in front of millions of people. I thought I wanted to tour the world and be the next big superstar. And as my career evolved, I realized I don't think I want that because let me think about what are the reasons why I wanted that? What are the reasons why I wanted to raise my hands in fourth and fifth grade and ask to sing in front of the class? The reason Mm -hmm. why I wanted to do that is because I liked the feeling that it gave me. So what's that feeling? That feeling was, I felt liberated. I felt like I was healing. I felt like I was being heard. I felt like I was inspiring and being inspired. I felt like I was able to tell a story in whatever creative way I wanted to tell a story. And I said, how can I achieve those feelings without being a superstar, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How can I do that? So it's really about chasing a feeling. And that's the other thing I tell the artists is, what's fame? You have to have realistic expectations, right? There's only like 5% of the population that I think can, in the music community, that I think can really, really handle this, truly handle it and succeed. And then the rest of them can have a great career in the music industry. The level of success may just look a little bit different. That's all. Like I consider myself a quote unquote star where I am because I'm, I'm still getting that feeling every day. I've, I'm achieving the same thing, except I can walk into a supermarket with my son and not have paparazzi follow me. Follow, follow, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think it just depends on what the expectations are. I went on a tangent, but I think I answered your question, right? No, that was a perfect tangent. I want to include that because I feel like a lot of people that start out and who are not realistic about the goal of being an artist there's always that I'm going to be the superstar. I'm going to have the person with all the fame, all the money, so-and-so on, you know, and your approach to it and how you're taking that mindset and applying it to developing artists is amazing to me because you're, you're giving them realistic tools and techniques to use versus something that is, I don't want to say untouchable, but you know, like you said, only 5% can really handle that kind of fame, you know, like, wow, you're like Beyonce or Michael Jackson or Paul McCartney, like that up there, you know. And I also like the fact that you highlighted, you can still have a very amazing career and don't have to be that, I guess, glamorous or or famous or have paparazzi follow you 24-7. You know, there's plenty of artists out there that are just like that. And people love them because they are true to their artistry. They're true to themselves. And you can see it through their music. So thank you for that. That wasn't a tangent. That was perfect. Uh, thank, you, thank, you, thank you. That was perfect. Now, I want to know, what is your favorite part when you are helping someone figure out their art, their music? Oh, gosh. 
I think my favorite part is when I see a change. I teach performance workshops, which is my absolute favorite thing to do. And it's intense. I mean, it's like, it's like boot camp for performance. Once it, an artist reaches the kind of vocal level that I feel like they're able to really focus on their performance, I get a group of four to six artists. I keep it very small in the room. We keep it very intimate. It's like a sleepover. And we spend three to four hours once a week for about five weeks, kind of unpeeling the layers. And they pick a fast song and a slow song, two completely contradicting songs. Many times, this is another thing too, a lot of artists don't want to sing fast songs. It's like the funniest thing to me. They're like, I want to sing these. I want to be deep. I want to be deep. I'm like, but, but you're not being deep. You're just singing a deep song, but you're actually not being deep. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'll force them basically to say, you have no choice. I'm going to be hard on you right now. I'm just, I'm keeping it real. You have to choose two different songs. So they'll choose two different songs. And then the first week, it's always like they're very shy. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to hold a microphone or they do know how to hold a microphone, but they're like, what do I do with my arm? What do I do with my leg? Do I smile? What do I do? And I'm just like, what do you mean? What do you do? Let's, let's figure this out, right? So we go through a series of, of layers, right? Myself, and I'll usually have another performer that I respect and value assist me in, you know, in these classes. And we go through this. And by the third week, we're all crying. We're all getting telling very emotional stories. We all get very real with one another. We tell things that are, that are painful. We speak about things that are painful to talk about. And then I say, now sing. And they're like, sing? But I'm crying. And I have my makeup's all over my What do you I can't even speak? I'm like, sing right now. Mm-hmm. And, then, <laughs> and then they sing. And it's like the most emotional performance that they've ever done. Now, I'm not saying that every time an artist has to perform, they need to cry and totally fall apart and become this blubbering mess on a stage. But it's about really being okay with who you truly are. You can do the same thing when it comes to being happy, right? We can sing about being being joyous and being excited. It just has to be real. It's like this, right? When an artist comes in and they say, well, I did some acting in high school. I was the lead role. I'm like, okay, cool. That's great. It's not that hard to act as somebody else, right? Because the character's already written out for you. So you're just acting. I'm not saying it's easy, but you're acting as somebody else. I don't want you to act as somebody else. I want you to act as you. Who are you? Who are you? And I think my favorite part is the discovery. When I see that they're like, oh. (laughs) It's like that aha moment where they're like, yes, this is what I sound like. This, I don't have to try as hard as I think. I can be honest and I have to just accept that half the world may love me and half the world may not. And that's it. And you just set out on your mission and your passion will ultimately lead you to what you're destined to do. And seeing that unfold and seeing them realize this and evolve and take that with them and continue in that mindset for the remainder of their career, because it's very nice that they still continue to keep me on their journey with them is really just like the most beautiful thing for me to see. Oh, a little tearjerker there. (laughs) (laughs) I am always down to support female owned businesses, including those that make us feel uber confident. The Lip Bar, for example, is one of those amazing businesses. If you're looking for some easy-to-use makeup products that are vegan and cruelty-free, the Lip Bar is for you. The Lip Bar is all about making sure that you feel beautiful and everyone feels beautiful and celebrated. No matter your background, you too can be fabulous with the Lip Bar at your side. Use my code AJSoReal to get 10% off your next purchase today. It's your time to shine, girl, with the Lip Bar. Now, before we fast forward to the ET Labs part, because I think that's really awesome, I want to know what has been your biggest takeaways from doing ET Studio Productions as a female entrepreneur and how you've applied that to launching ET Labs? Because being an entrepreneur and being a female entrepreneur at that is no easy task. So I'm sure you've had some challenges on the way, and I would love to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had many challenges. I think that as a female entrepreneur, I think that actually, let me just backtrack a little bit. Being a female entrepreneur has been something that I became passionate about later in my life because I realized 
how big that gap was. I realized, wait a minute, this is not right. The entertainment industry is filled with a lot of male producers, male musicians, male executives. That's right. What's happening? Is it because they're not listening to us? Is it because women are viewed as weak? What's the reason, right? So I think that the go-getter, passionate mindset has really driven me to kind of set this path for me. Starting your own business is freeing in a way because you're, you don't have to report to any boss. You're your own boss. And figuring out how to become an entrepreneur in a very noisy world The challenge, I think, with that, there's many, but I think that the biggest challenge is how do I set myself apart and how do I get myself to be heard when I can't even get through the door, right? Yeah. So when it comes to like, listen, money does a lot of things to people. Oh, yeah. And egos are all over the place in this business. This is not an easy business. You know, I I wasn't even going to talk about this, but you brought it up and I I feel comfortable enough and vulnerable enough to talk about it. But, you know, I've had various experiences in the music industry where I've been manipulated. I've been, you know, I would say viewed as an icon, right? As a female that has a body instead of my face. I think that I haven't been seen for who I truly was or am for a long time. And it's very easy to read that when somebody's just like, oh yeah, well, what do you have to say? And then I speak and it's like, are you even listening to me? So I've, you know, I've definitely been in those situations before where I have been manipulated. And, you know, as a young artist starting in this path, I had someone that was helping, you know, manage me at the time. And I think that for a while I felt like I wasn't able to speak up. I wasn't able to give my own opinion. I felt like I wasn't, I I felt afraid and intimidated by the powers that be. So I think developing the strength and the knowledge. And so I wanted to learn this business as best as I can so that I understood these business conversations so that I wasn't just someone that was walking in. Listen, confidence is everything. And once I started to have confidence and realize, Laura, you're really good at this. Really, like give yourself a pat on the back. You're really good at this. And they're either going to listen or they're not. And if they don't, they're not part of your tribe. Don't bring them in on your tribe, period. You know, listen, I still have challenges. You know, I still call up and this is somebody that's much more, quote unquote, successful than I am. They've worked with bigger artists than I have. You know, and there's always that voice of doubt in my mind, like, oh gosh, I hope they take my phone call. I hope they listen to me. I hope that they don't hang up on me. I hope that they call me back. And I think that once I started to realize, let go of that, who cares if they don't call you back, just keep doing what you're doing and set out on your mission. Eventually people are going to come to you and you can kind of set your own way. So I think that my biggest takeaway is realizing that I don't have to try to chase the dream. I just have to live it. And I just have to be an example. And for years I chased it for years. Well, that song's not a hit. That song's not a hit. Well, you need to write it again. Or that song's too clever. That song's too simple. Get more clever. Get more simple. I'm like, what? I want it to be be simple enough so that a a five-year-old can sing along. Oh, but I don't think that this is your crowd. I think that you need to figure out what your audience is. And it's just like the back and forth of trying to please everybody and make everyone happy. It's like, what does that even mean anymore? So I spent so many years trying to figure out how to get that hit song, right? And I'm putting it in quotes. I don't want anybody to see it, but I'm putting it in quotes. How to get that hit song. A hit song is a hit song because that's just what the mass media at that time is liking. That's just what people like, right? And I think at the end of the day, when you start releasing music that's real, eventually it's going to be heard and the right person is going to hear it. And that right person can be somebody that's living in a bungalow in, in Idaho somewhere that needs to hear it. With that being said, and I know we talked earlier about this, but I can feel that passion and that drive of how you want to help people. And I feel like it's natural for you to help the youth and the community. And it makes sense for you to make ET Labs. What was the process behind that? So ET Labs is something I think I've always had the heart for, but I didn't quite know what it looked like. Just so that I can explain to the audience what ET Labs is, ET Labs is an integrative learning company. 
It's mostly educational based and fun based with a highlight for working with children with special needs. So in the special needs community in New York, there's a lot of help that these children get and they look for community classes and their voices want to be heard, right? And I think that creative arts in general, just exploring what creative art, you know, what makes their heart happy, what makes an individual's heart happy is something that I, I of course, feel very passionately about and creating, you know, and expressing yourself. So since ET Studio Productions is more of like the professional music-based, audition-based company, I wanted to do something that kind of set that apart. Labs is, right, science, experimenting, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. just discovering who you are. I wanted something that can also offer educational community classes. So these kids come home, they come out of school, they want to take an art class, they want to do yoga and meditation, they want to learn how to quiet their mind, they want to learn how to dance and exercise at the same time, they want to take their you know, beginner music classes they want to take leadership programs. They want to learn these things. How can we do that? And I realized that over the years from my career, from doing this, I've met a lot of individuals who have passions and talents that were not being used. And I am just the type of person that likes to say, if you're passionate about it, let's light it on fire and find a way to make you do it and make money doing it and also serve the community in the process. So I knew a lot of very creative, artistic individuals. I knew a lot of dancers. I knew a lot of, you know, physically fit individuals. And these people have been in my circle for years. And we now have, I think we're up to 18 teachers. Awesome. And both companies have 27 teachers. So ET Labs was supposed to launch in April. And then unfortunately COVID happened and we couldn't do that. And then in June and July, we were able to successfully open and it's, it's going really well. It's, it's an additional space. So our studio, ET Studio Productions is on one side and ET Labs is across the hall on the other side. The whole aesthetic is different. It's more bubbly and colorful and, you know, with a lot of motivational quotes and stuff on the wall. And ET Studio Productions is more of like the dark backlit, you know, type of studio. So it's been challenging, but also very rewarding because I feel like we're tapping into a completely different community and really changing lives in the process and helping helping these families have a break and helping these children, you know, keep themselves active, which has been super, super, super valuable and necessary right now. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Like, and I mean, I was reading over the the programs that you guys offer and I was like, oh man, if I was a kid and I knew about this program, I would totally join. Uh, (laughs) I'm too big now. (laughs) (laughs) But I would totally join. What is your favorite program that you guys offer? Because there's there's a bunch on there. There's yoga, there's meditation, there's singing, there's dance. It's everything. I think my favorite one is probably it's between the dancer size class and the I am light yoga class. The art class is really great too. It's really hard for me to choose. I'm going to be honest. We're launching this leadership program that I think is going to be amazing, which I have a feeling that's going to be my favorite just because that's just my language. But I think quieting, I, I love meditating and I love doing yoga and I feel like it's served me a lot in my life. I'm someone that has still, you know, but definitely has, I've, I figured a way to manage it, suffered with, from anxiety a lot of times in my life. And I think that finding ways to kind of quiet your mind is necessary for you to unlock your potential. So I, I really love that class. I love the teacher that's teaching it. I mean, all my teachers are great. It's so hard. It really is. I don't know. It changes. Depends on the day. Depends on what I need that day. We're going to say all of them. We're going to say all of them. <laughs> now, one thing I notice, and I, I think about this a lot when I talk to each guest on here and who's formed businesses based off their creative interests, especially with music and film, is that their form of business is a form of activism to keep the arts alive. And that is really huge today because some people don't see it. And when I think of ET Labs, some people don't see it as vital for a child's development, which I think is silly. Yet, as we go through this pandemic, people are relying through their creativity at the wazoo, you know? So 
I know you just started this not too long ago, but I'm curious for the future, is there any other additional community outreach programs that you guys are thinking of doing that will be attached with ET Labs to keep that notion going? Yeah, I love this question because even though ET Labs is a new company, it's the sister company of ET Studio Productions, and our plan for ET Labs is similar to ET Studio Productions in the sense that we want to reach as many people as possible, as you just said. So before, let me just rewind for a second. Before COVID, pre-COVID, we were doing a lot of open mics. You know, we had them here at the studio. We have a nice stage space. And, you know, obviously we're not able to do that right now, sadly, but hoping that we can get to that again. But we really hope to do some school tours. I, I did them a lot for ET Studio Productions, where we would just go into school and speak to the music classes and talk to them about, you know, different things that were available. I want to go a step further now with ET Labs and speak to the, you know, the school counselors, the principals, the arts and the creative arts classes and say, look, this is what we offer. This is the importance of it. This is what it can help you do. No matter what level you're at, beginner, intermediate, we say no to no one and definitely try those school tours and those school trips. We are an approved vendor with the Department of Education for ET Labs, which, which is great. So we're able to see any opportunities or any gaps that the schools have and try to, you know, try to fill those as best as we can. We reach out to a lot of the the districts that are looking for like after school programs and stuff. That's something that we want to do. It's difficult, but, you know, in, in times of COVID now for us to like get groups together, but school tours, school trips, the kids love coming here for a day for a school trip and see kind of examples of all the, all the classes. We've done a couple of open houses. We did a grand opening where families and brokers and, you know, school principals and, you know, the education community can come and check out the space and just get a preview of each one of their classes. We're trying to add different layers on our social media and our website, you know, sampling each class and what each class offers and each teacher introducing themselves. So I think it's really just about like trying it. We offer trial classes so that the kids can come in and say, look, if you don't like it, it's totally okay. Like, cause sometimes they really don't know. It's a place where they can come and experiment. Yeah. So they can try the class and if they don't like it, then they don't have to commit. And if they do like it, great. Then they can continue with us. You know, there's no contracts involved or anything like that. They come because they want to come. Oh man, I wish I could join ET Labs. <laughs> you can, come on, girl. I need to get out of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I, I do want to, there's two things actually I want to highlight is that, and this piggies back to you being a female entrepreneur and more so of the balance of things that also is very difficult for many entrepreneurs themselves. You're a mother. And I'm sure it's hard to be present as a parent and also trying to balance everything else that is going on. How do you do that? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Give me some tips because I'm not a mom yet. So I need some tips. (laughs) I had to to just keep it real with you for a second. (laughs) I've been through a lot of things in my life and being a mom by far is the most rewarding and challenging thing I have ever done. I always say I've never felt so alive and dead at the same time. I really, truly like I know I've heard that saying right before now, too. But I've got a lot of foundation under my eyes right now. <laughs> not sleeping is like slow torture. I mean, listen, I think there's a lot of challenges, but there's also a lot of rewards. And to be honest, I really truly think that when a child sees their parents do something that they love and sees them lead by example, I think that their life will turn out differently. You know, and I'm not saying it's always like that, but I feel more motivated now than I did even before now that I have a child because I want him to see his parents living out their passion. I want him to see that you can follow your dreams and you can be whatever you want to be and you can dream as big as you want to dream. On the other side of the spectrum, I also want him to understand the value of family and the importance of being together and taking time for yourself. That's probably the hardest thing for me because I can't turn off. I just can't. I'm also an empath. So I'm very, you know, if I have a day where I'm talking to artists all day and they're laying it on me heavily, I'm like, oh, I have to like stage myself, go get some holy water. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. now I have to come home and be a mom. And my son's like, he's two and a half now. So he just started speaking. So he's just like, mama, 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 all day long. He wants to tell me about his whole entire day and everything that he's done. And I'm just like, I'm really tired. I want to go to sleep. Love you. But I want to go to sleep. 
So, you know, it's not easy. And every day that he grows, I grow. I think that children are, are meant to come into your life to teach you patience because I have a lot more patience now than I did before. You have to have a lot of patience. You just do. You have to go through all the stages. And, you know, I'm grateful that I have help. I'm grateful that it's my own business so that I can kind of maneuver and, and work around it. But listen, my son gets sick. My son needs me. He comes first, always. Definitely. Everything else, you know, comes second. So my tip would be sleep now as much as you can. <laughs> Get really healthy because you're going to need a lot of energy. And make sure that you have a plan of the way you want your career to go. But don't stick to the plan so much that you'll be disappointed if it doesn't work out. Got it. Mom tips. Mom tips. <laughs> I'm taking it. Y'all taking it too. <laughs> <laughs> There has been uh, some wonderful sil- like silver linings from the 2020 experience, and I heard you mention how music has been healing for you, and I would say that as well for many people across the world, how it's been healing, hopeful as well as calming. How has music healed you? It's helped me through many things in my life. I mean, when I was when I was younger, I grew up in a family that, like I said, they're chronic warriors. A lot of just kind of nervous tension all the time. There was mm-hmm. a lot of dysfunction. Nobody's no family is perfect. And I would just sit in my room with headphones and listen to Mariah and Whitney and Celine and just sing my heart on the top of my lungs, whether whether it was just as good or I mean, definitely wasn't just as good. Still not just as good. I don't think it ever will be. But I would sit and I would listen to that and I would try to listen to the words and I would try to connect to the pain in the stories to try to get through it. I think songwriting has also really helped heal. You know, music heals for sure. But, you know, there's, there's always that song that you listen to and you're like, gosh, I wish I wrote this song. I wish I wrote this song. Like Pink's latest album is just like, I, I could have wrote the whole thing. It's like every single song, I'm like, oh, I could have wrote that. 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 I'm like, I love this girl. <laughs> like, I just love her. You know, and it, it makes me want to be a better songwriter. In times of COVID, I got to tell you, I have never listened to so much country music and worship music in my life, really. There's a song from Celine Dion. Ironically, when I went to go see her in February, it was like the beginning of COVID. As I said, the name of her album was Courage. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is interesting. And I found myself remembering that song. And of all the songs on the album, I found myself remembering Courage. And who knew that in in these last six months, we would all need to survive off of courage. I learned how to sing the song. I sang it at our grand opening. I sing it in my hallway because it has beautiful echo. And just the words are just like, courage, don't you dare fail me now. And you just want to, I repeat it over and over to myself. I'm like, come on, Laura, keep that courage. Don't let it fail you. Don't let it fail you. So that song in, in specific has new meaning to me. You know, when I sing it, I think that when an artist or when it, when an individual is able to find that song that speaks to them, sing it. Whether you can sing or not, just sing it. Oh, man, you are speaking to the crowd here. My song for this year, I actually have two songs, but my main song is Bigger by Beyonce on Blackest King album. And that song, it just, of course, with everything happening in the background with BLM and social justice, all that kind of stuff. And also knowing like you are bigger than this. You, You can get through this. We're going to do this together. We're going to unify. It may not seem like it now, but we're going to still do this. That goes through my head every day. It's like, Julie, you're bigger than this. And I, I just keep playing it in my head. I can hear her singing. I sing it in the shower. I, I, just like you said, rather you see it or not, you know, it's just in you. So yeah, I feel you I on that. I, I really feel you on it. It's more upbeat. I love Dua Lipa and I love Don't Start Now. That whole future nostalgia thing, that is yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. I love that album. It's so good. So funky. So retro. I love it. I love, love it. it. <laughs> I love it. Now, I want to know, as we get closer to closing out, what is the best advice you can give to someone, and it could be a youngster or even an adult, whoever, who wants to start becoming an artist? What is something they can focus on right now to get their chops together? I think if you want to be an artist that has something to say, I want you to start getting comfortable with being who you are. I want you to start practice being vulnerable. I want you to start practice practicing being brave. I want you to start writing a letter to yourself every day, your old self, your present self, and your future self. 
and you'll start discovering different layers that you didn't even know existed. I want you to spend time with nature and think and really connect and pay attention to the feeling that you want and really what your calling is and what your mission is. I think that you have to listen carefully, listen to conversations of people on the corner at the bus stop, at the train station, listen to what people are saying and take it, put it inside of you and listen to what the universe and the world and God is putting in your heart and find the right team or the team will find you because you can attract that. You can attract that if you, you know, you stay on that path and don't be so hard on yourself if you're having a hard time figuring it out because that's going to happen a lot and you're, you're going to keep growing and keep blossoming throughout your life, throughout your journey. You know, I'm a totally different person now than I was when I was younger, completely different. And it's going to keep changing and you have to just look forward to the evolution and embrace it. Oh man, that was, that was serious gems, gems, gems. Here we go. Gems, yeah. gems from Laura. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there any other new programs or news coming out of ET Labs or ET Studio Productions that we should know about? So I'm really excited about ET Studio Productions now is starting to really focus on strategy and marketing and promotions, which is something that was lacking a little bit before. Although we have been developing and and cultivating and helping grow, you know, the voice and the the skill. We really didn't have a department that was helping to, you know, actually teach an artist how to submit to blogs, you know, get some PR, get some podcast features. I <laughs> <laughs> got to throw that in there. So I think that's something that's going to be really exciting and really great because a lot of times an artist has to outsource so many different people and it becomes really expensive, really expensive. So we are building an in-house team that is growing larger. They're learning every day. They're eager. I am very big with choosing the younger generation to help build this because I think that they, <laughs> they'll work harder. They're hungry. They're finding their, their way and their passions are right at the edge. And it's easier, I think, to kind of access that as you get older. Not saying that they're not there, but they definitely get, get hidden with life's, many of life's layers of responsibilities that you know come at you. So I'm really excited to be launching the, the promotions and marketing and the, the strategy and organizational part of being an artist and putting yourself out there. So that's, that's really great. ET Labs is going to have this amazing, I think I mentioned it before, leadership program, which is basically like getting ready to go to college readiness, financial one-on-one, -on -one, bank literacy sexual health. We're opening up this really, really great workshop that I think can really, really change lives because you're not, you're not taught that really that much in school and, and especially in high right. school, like in high school, I don't even think I knew how to write a check. Yeah. So, so, yeah. You know, learning all of that stuff, learning how to speak in a business setting, learning how to write your resume and, and build yourself up and have that confidence. So I'm really excited about the leadership program as well. That's about to launch. I think that's it for now. I mean, we're always working with great talent every day, different styles of music. Yeah. Just check us out. ETstudioproductions.com, etlabs.com with a Z, at etlabs on socials, at etstudioprod. And we'd love to hear from you. She is dropping, dropping. Make sure you guys check them out. Before we close, let's do our Keep It Real segment. Are you ready, Laura? I'm ready for the keep. I always keep it real, girl. I'm from the Bronx. <laughs> Doesn't get more real than that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. I know you've said somewhat of your favorite music genres and stuff. I want to know, what is your favorite song right now? My favorite song right now is probably a cross between Humble and Kind from Tim McGraw. Oh, okay. Probably because I've been singing it to my son since he's born, but for some reason I'm listening to it a lot more these days, and I think it's just because times have been challenging. And also, I really like My Attic from Pink. I've been listening to a lot of that too. I also really love, now of course I'm having a brain lapse. Wait, I need to find it for you. Hold on. It's <laughs> Brandy Carlisle is incredible. Oh, yeah. She's so good. She's amazing. She's incredible. Oh, she has a song called The Mother. Everyone, I recommend you listen to The Mother from Brandy Carlisle. That song plays me. <laughs> Great song. <laughs> oh, okay, I have to ask this one because I think it's kind of funny. Who is your favorite raspy singer? Just because. 
Pink, definitely pink. It's got to be somebody else. For males, I love Bruno Mars. Oh, yeah. he's He's got it. He's oh, yeah. got the rest. I love Bruno Mars. Yeah, he's great. And then lastly, I want to know what is your octave level? What is that? How many, what's my range? Yes. It's funny. I just figured this out the other day. I am at a D3 to C sharp six. So I'm a, I'm a little over three octaves. Okay. I'm going to have to tune in when you do a little sing-along. Yeah, we just did a, can- for the American Breast Cancer Society, we just did a whole show on our Facebook page. We're all singing on there, so. I think I saw it on your Instagram too. And I was like, this is really good talent. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just did something like that. I mean, if you scroll through my personal Instagram, Laura Vocals, you'll see some stuff of me singing. I also have a, a Christmas song that I released. It's a cover. We did it last year. Every year we release it, a holiday album, although this year didn't happen just because of COVID. But we released, it's called An Emerging Talent Holiday. Okay. It's really nice. And I am singing Grown Up Christmas List on there. I mean, the whole album's great. It's, I took a bunch of my, my students and put them together. It's a really, all the tracks are customized. And then I have a song, a cover of um, an Ellie Goulding song called How Long Will I Love You, which I recorded for my oh, son. Oh, I know that song. The moms out there, I think, will really appreciate that one. You are just singing and they're singing and you guys are all getting it together. I love it. <laughs> come, come to New York. I'd love to have someone oh, like you on our team. Man. Come join us. <laughs> Come on. New York might be a tad bit too fast for me. My sister's more <laughs> of the, the New Yorker slash DC person. I'm more a little slower, a little got the Texas twang, the, the little bit here down here. You got to come to Houston. You got to come visit. I would love to. It'll push Nashville to the side. I Trust me, it will. I'm going to hit you up for sure. Next time I come, you can show me all the good places. Awesome. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to listening more to your podcast and good luck to you. You're awesome. Someone asked me, how am I getting my groceries so quickly and so easily? And I'm still here at home. It's called Instacart. Download the app and visit instacart.com and find your favorite retailers. Search and add items to your cart. When you are ready to check out, select a delivery time that works for you. Then a personal shopper will gather your items in the store, choosing produce with care, just as you would. And now with contactless delivery, your groceries will be safely left at your doorstep. In just a few taps, you can get everything you need delivered to your doorstep. That's right, Instacart is here for you. Be sure to check my show notes to start your Instacart account today. Laura, thank you so much for being on the show. You guys watch out for ET Brands, ET Studio Productions, and ET Labs. Check it out, check it out, check it out. We are rooting for you. As we keep approaching the holidays, be in the present. I cannot stress that enough. Be in the present. If there is anything this year has taught us is to be grateful and be in the moment. That's my therapeutic PSA for today. Ciao. I hope you enjoyed this episode of She's So Real. If you loved it as much as I did, head on over, rate, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every week on Thursday. I would love to hear more from you on topics you want to hear. Head to the show notes and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next. I can't wait to hang out with you all again soon. Remember, keep it real. Keep it real.